What up, everybody? Welcome to the IEG Thursday thing. This thing we do every Thursday where we hang out uh, with our with our pals and uh, talk about whatever happened in the last week, which honestly not a whole lot happened this last week, but we're we're getting real close to Christmas right now. So it's, you know, so we're going to we're going to have a conversation about Christmas. And uh, this is something that I guarantee almost everybody who is passionate, um, who is who is passionate about cars and Subarus and you know racing and things like that, they've ran into this problem. Um, that really, like, that's really their thing. When you go to a Christmas party or you go to some like social outing, you go to your like you know, wife's, uh, you know, like Christmas party or something like that, like company Christmas party, or you're over at some family that, you know, it just doesn't get it. Um, and like what that's like. So I, I know it's, it's, it can be awkward as hell for me. A lot of people think, which is hilarious to believe. A lot of people think I'm actually really quiet. Like uh, a lot of Megan's family thinks I'm, I'm a very quiet person, which is funny because anybody who actually knows me, um, I am notorious for being the loudest person around. But if I have nothing to talk about, um, or nobody who is willing to listen to me babble, um, I just kind of sit there because I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and sometimes if you have nothing good to say, you don't say anything at all. So with That's me this smartphone week, time. with me this week, with me this week is uh, Graham. From boosted performance tuning. Uh Graham's been on here before. And uh he's he lives this life day in and day out. Um, also a really good friend of mine. And then Warranty, who is on an amazing podcast that we had a couple weeks ago and was lost. So I can kind of like warranty uh his actual name is Andrew, but he is he he's been warranty forever. We can one of these days we'll Explain how he got his nickname, but just so you know, his name is Warranty. So we got Graham and Warranty are on to uh, also tell their stories and co-host, and this, this should be just a, a genuine good time. Graham, how you doing today? Good, man. How about you? Not too bad. Warranty, how you doing today? Yeah. I'm having a great day. How are you? I'm great. So I heard you rode your bike to work today? Yes, I did. I live in Chicago. It was nice, mild weather. I rode the six miles into the office. I'm the only one here. And then I'll ride home sometime. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. It's like 55 here, but I'm in Tennessee. I heard it's pretty warm by you, Graham. Fucking Graham. Graham! I think he said it was about 50. It's about 45 here in Chicago. He's off taking a piss or something. Graham's being Graham. No, I just... I'm this is how, I don't know what happened. I lost you guys for a second. Yep, yep, this is how Graham works when we play Warzone 2. By the way, we had a great night playing mm-hmm. Warzone last night. Um, that was absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm still on a high from mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Graham, we missed you at PR. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. We can have a new low tonight. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's really get depressed tonight. <laughs> let's bring it to a new bottom. Um, yeah, we did miss you at PRI, Graham. Uh, usually Graham's there with us, but he, he had a lot going on, so. Yeah. Um, yep. hold on. I was bummed. It looked like a good time. 
Let's uh, let's a have time. a conversation about what you were doing at that time, though. Um, basically, just living a wet dream of mine. Oh yes, the Ford RS two hundred. Yes, he got to drive. Yeah, he was tuning the Group B Legend, a Ford RS two hundred, for a uh, uh, a special customer, and I am still like angry at you about this because it is I, by far I, I, my favorite car of all time i believe i believe what you said to me was to go f myself with a cactus yes <laughs> <laughs> those were your those were your I'm, words i'm still so pissed this is what graham does though okay graham if i have a dream okay of something that i've always wanted to do uh graham somehow manages to do it not only like five years or so before me but he also manages to just fall into it. He does it without <laughs> even trying. Yep. And the uh, the poster child for this is Street Mod. So Graham oh. won the Street Mod Championship one in 2017 with an actual, honest to goodness, street car, which was excellent. Yep. But that was a long time ago. So, dude, do you want to do you want to talk about the 200 there sweater for a sec? Yes. How can we not talk about that? So yeah, obviously I can't go into a whole lot of detail about it, but it is exactly what you would imagine it is where it is amazing and terrible at the same time i bet it is a tractor clutch that's what i described it it is like four times harder clutch than any clutch i've ever felt in my life and the engagement is like a light switch because it's like an old school like i think multi-disc clutch in there yeah the transmissions up in the front and it's linked by a big shaft, and that's all linked back. And the, the whole thing just feels like a clunky piece of shit, basically. So it's basically a reverse GTR, right? So the engine's kind of. in the back, trans is in the front, and then yep. it's got what? like a transfer case that, or like a torque tube or whatever. And then that, yep. then there's a, a drive shaft that pushes power back to the rear, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Wow. It's so wacky. Some some trick differentials in there. And then this one, this one had what they call the crash box transmission, which is a, which is a straight cut dog box. So it's super rough. And you got to basically like, there's no easy shifts. You basically mm -hmm. just power shift the thing at, at high RPMs and you really have to time it so that the engine is loading or unloading as you shift to get a clean shift in. Now, can you imagine, okay, it's 1986 or whatever, and you are bombing bombing through some like wooded hell trail that they're using as a rally stage with all 700 plus horsepower of that just screaming out from under you and and trying to hit gears and and can you just imagine like that's like people did that in that car yeah dude <laughs> it, it was absurd. yeah like, and so it don't it weighs it weighs about 2600 pounds the the first gear is kind of long so like when you take off in first gear it's kind of awkward yeah like first gear almost feels like a second gear right like you're yep. taking off in second is how i describe it but man once you start clicking through the gears the top it only has a five speed the top of fifth gear is about 115 that's all it needs so to you're just, oh so you're just, so you're like you got a really long first and everything's right on top of each yep, other I, exactly. they just had no plans of you going slow in that you're no. like mm -hmm. you're you're going 50 or more all the time but you're never going over 120 exactly so you could go back down to first you might go back down to first gear for kind of a really tight corner but it's almost like a second gear it yeah. wraps out pretty far but then yeah from there all the gears are just so short it's a h pattern or a or a sequential yeah. Nope, it's an H pattern. 
and wow. like the the gate like the 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 forward backward gates are pretty normal but the left to right gates are like four times wider than a loose five speed subaru oh my so gosh you, wow. so like you have to like him? you have to like come out of second gear and actively bring the stick over like three or four inches and then into third wow so it's you're crazy. going to like you're going to the mall so and then you're going to chick-fil-a drive wow. fast yep that would be so awkward to drive fast. Do you, and, do you shift with can, the clutch, or do you just like power shift it without the clutch between? You do between shift gears? with the clutch. You do shift with the clutch. You could probably lift okay. and get it to shift, but it doesn't have shift cutting or anything like that to make it clean. I'm gonna put a. Okay. I'm gonna send a. I'm gonna send a video to the chat here so people can see the the video that I sent you guys of driving it. What were? <laughs> what is this thing using for? Uh, um, what is it using for engine management right now? Uh, we we got it on an Mtron. So basically, okay. the 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 shop that I work with contacted me, and I've done some other tuning projects for them. And they're like, "Hey, we've got this Ford RS two hundred, and the owner wants it to run and drive a lot better than it does on the nineteen eighty six ECU." And yeah. it, it it actually had already been through a few shops who had spent, I think, like up to a year on it trying to make it work correctly with a with a Motec, and just did a really horrible job and cost the guy a lot of money. So. We actually, I didn't know it had, a, we didn't know it had like a MoTeC in it. So we'd already ordered an Mtron, got all that going for it. And so they went ahead and just installed all that and updated some inputs and upgraded the injectors to a newer type. It's got staged injection on it. So two sets of injectors is how they were from the factory. So okay. we upgraded it to two different, like to basically a set of new modern um, yeah. injectors. <clears throat> went back and forth, got it all running, driving, um, everything tested before it came out and the, the owner also wanted to be able to switch boost maps. So we gave it a keypad okay. so you can tap the keypad and go up to different boost levels. He wanted a mode where you could rev it and shoot, shoot fire and everything. So we did that Sick. too. So what? yeah. So, so did he literally fuck boy in RS 200? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here I got it. It's that okay. I, I'm like, I'm not mad if, because no. you're buying RS 200 for an experience. Yep. You know what I mean? And, I'll and, put a video of I'll put a video oh of that God. in the chat. So it's it's sort of like a sort of like a fake rally anti leg that it basically does. You just kind of rev it up and you get some pops and there's a little fire that shoots out. What a boss! Like I yeah. I, I don't know this guy, but I love this man, dude. This <laughs> he he is our he is one he is one of us. He's yeah. one of us with with the money to do whatever he wants with cars. Yeah, he is a he is a true. Awesome. Yeah, he's kind of like. You know, I, I would definitely put him as kind of a Ken Block type where he yeah. really appreciates the super cool stuff, even though he could afford brand new Lamborghinis. He yeah, loves he would he rather loves buy this. an RS two hundred. This is how I would be. If Me I too. if I if I won the lottery, this is the sort of shit I would be purchasing. You yes. know, I would be that guy. Um and you put yeah. a modern ECU in it, modern injectors, so it's not all fuckboy. It's it's purpose build he just wants to impress yep. regular people which is kind yeah, of so the now, purpose of this podcast today yep so this thing this yeah, thing ended of. up with ended up with fuel control um adjustable boost control ended up with knock sensor because these things didn't have knock sensors back in the 80s they didn't have knock sensors on these things it was just bend it <laughs> and hope let her rip bud yeah so it's all it's got knock control now so we really modernized it and, and took it many steps forward and so now it starts and runs and drives and, and the guy's like holy crap this is like i can't believe this thing is that good Cause you watch videos of like those cars and most of the time they sound like a bag of dicks trying to get started up and they run really funny because they don't have yeah. any idle control. They don't have any of the modern stuff cause they were just a straight up start it and race it car. Right. Yep. And they're also from 86. So 
now this thing has all the modern technology on it. And he's like, well, what's next? I'm like, well, we could do flex fuel E85. You know, <laughs> how, how wild do you want to get? And he goes, I don't know. We're going to talk. He needs to go try to find one. Cause they still have a, um, there's a company that still makes a sequential for these. Um, yes. It's yeah. Um, it, oh, it, that would, me. that would really take care of a lot of the, it so, drives like a truck. Have you watched that video of Ken Block driving his over to Salt Lake City yeah. with Travis Pastrana? So yep. you notice he has he has a sequential in that, right? Yeah, yeah. So he had his changed over to a sequential, and that is a big difference. So we could we could do the whole load cell thing, and the Mtron could control all that. So then you could do clutchless shifting, and it would be a lot smoother up and down. I would probably I don't know I'm I'm wondering how they did Ken Block's car. I'm guessing they probably stuck like a like a throttle blipper on it that just kind of pokes the throttle plate, you know. Yep. But converting to drive by wire, we could do it all seamlessly with all the Mtron torque modeling and rev matching stuff would be pretty cool. I'm not trying to oh. jerk off Mtron right now, but I'm telling you what, um, that, so there, I guess there kind of was a little news from last week, um, with Mtron dropping that GPS based, um, like it, 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 you can input GPS uh, or have a GPS input into the ECU. So you can, you can base things off of location so you could do gps based boost control and stuff oh my god now this That's cool this yeah. is kind of like for like somebody like me i would if i'm at a christmas party okay and i want to have engaging conversation with somebody graham and i would kick off a conversation or warranty and i would kick off a conversation we'd all start talking about so if you were to use GPS-based boost control on something like Mid-Ohio, when in the corner would you want that to open up to give it all the beans? And, you know, where, and we, would, we, we could talk for hours about this mm-hmm. Be, because we're car people and, and it's what our passion is. But if you had anybody else at that Christmas party walk in on that conversation, they would look at us like we're aliens. <laughs> yep. So. And to include them in that conversation, you'd have to set the table and go back like five chapters in the book to get them Minimum. even remotely on board with what we're talking about. So then what the conversation would immediately turn into is, so what do you do for a living? So, and here's, here's I, I want to ask Graham, what, is, what does Graham say if he's at a Christmas party? He just, you know, maybe it's, it's some people he hasn't seen in a really long time. You know, he knows these people. Mm-hmm. You you know the kind of Christmas party I'm talking about. Like yep. the 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 family member invited you and you had most of the family that's there you haven't seen in forever or something. Or it's it's old friends or something. You haven't seen in forever and they're just trying to figure out what you're about. These are normal people, which I don't know how to talk to. <laughs> what do you tell people, you know, as a tuner? What what do you tell people that you do? Yep, here you go. So this is what I say every single time. This is how I start. I say, I do computer programming for cars. Okay. Hyper technical. That's, that's, that's simplified. The, that's the, that is the most simple, straightforward way that I can say it to almost anybody. And they know, at least they know what computer programming means. They don't know much about it, but they know what that means. They know what cars are. And yes. then, it, then if they want to know more, that's when I start digging in and I say, well, all modern vehicles basically have a computer in there that's controlling the engine. You know, most people don't realize how their car really works when they hit the pedal and shift the gears and what it all means. I said, but there's a computer in there that's basically controlling everything, every aspect, all the inputs from the engine sensors and all the outputs to the engine control. And I say, I go in there 
and I reprogram the computer for more performance. They're, they're already like, glazed. Yeah, and then they're like, "Well, I have a I have a 2008 Odyssey minivan. Could you yes. tune my minivan?" And then I say, "Yes, theoretically I could, but the but the benefits wouldn't really be there, you know. We're not really going to be able to increase a bunch of fuel economy or performance on a minivan, but I said, you know, we'll think about like a, a Corvette or a Subaru or performance vehicles. Those typically have some room to increase performance, especially if you're already modifying them with different intake systems and exhaust. And I start just kind of going down that path of explaining that when you modify cars, re- reprogramming the computer to match the modifications is important. So that's how I usually approach it. So like that's is the answer. People, people ask me, they'll be like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, the easiest way for me to explain this is because I, I, I can say I sell performance parts or whatever, and like they don't really get it. I, I I started off super light. I just go, I void car warranties. That's what I do. <laughs> and it's it's yep. simple and easy. And and you know, usually gets a chuckle or whatever. And then they're gonna ask a little more about what we do. And then I try to explain IEG and I, you know, I'm 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 basically a uh um I help organize, you know, race car builds is the easiest way to explain it, you know, street car and race car builds for people. And they they kind of get that, but a lot of them they tend to come up to me because they heard from somebody I race, and trying okay. to explain time attack to somebody who doesn't know anything about it is really hard. Like, and you almost sound stupid trying to explain it. So, you know, they'll ask me, "Well, what yeah. kind of racing do you do?" I'm like, "Well, first, it's always what what kind of race car do you have." And I tell them it's a, it's a 95 Subaru. That's not so much 95 Subaru anymore. It's, you know, no, Dewey, Dewey, you skip, what? you skip the step. You skip the step. When, when you tell people you race, n- how often do they say, Oh, like NASCAR? It, it, no, what I get is so like drag racing or do you do circle track? Those are the only two, especially down oh here. Yeah. That's what I get. Yeah. It's yep. never anything else. It's always, if I say so racing, you, just, if I say racing to someone who knows nothing about racing, it's always, at least here in the U.S., it's, oh, NASCAR? They think NASCAR when they think racing. If I don't... Oh, he dropped out again, I think. Yeah, he dropped out again. Every time. Yep. So they, yep. they think NASCAR every time. I think some always. of that has to do with the area you're in, though, because um, you have that Iowa Speedway out there, which for a long time was a Nitty car yep. and was a mainstay in NASCAR. Mm. so it, it, yep. like i around here i get it, people they think i'm either doing circle track in the dirt or they think i'm doing drag racing um so then i have to explain to them like no it's it's road course and then they're like oh okay like like indycar or something and then i i then i have to explain time attack so the second i say it's a subaru they're like oh so you're drifting because they hear it's what? a Japanese what? car and they immediately think I drift all the time. The oh amount of people God. think, especially if I show them my car, they think it's a drift car. Because I most know. drift cars are really bright colored and like it's it's a Japanese car and it's bright colored and it's got a big wing. You obviously drift. So that's I a change know. from rally racing because yeah. it's a Subaru. Yeah. No, it, oh, it, I've never had anybody ask me if I do rally. Ever. Wow. Ever. 
ever. And it's, it's crazy. So yeah, then I have to explain time attack and explaining time attack is like pulling teeth. Okay. Especially if the only thing they know of racing is NASCAR or drag racing. So I, I try to explain to them. I'm like, well, you, you know how like cars will qualify for a race and then half of them glaze over right there. But like, I I basically explained to him, it's like qualifying the entire weekend. Like I'm there to set the single fastest lap time I can. And that's why these cars are really crazy. Big wings, huge power strung right out. So it's kind of like drag racing with corners. And, and like, it's, it's really, and they just, I I gotta be real. 99.9% of people just glaze over. Yep. Why is I've seen that too right now? Give me a quick second. Dude, you're calling me in the middle of the show? What? I... No, I love you, man. If you feel free to hop on and chat. <laughs> All right, love you, bye. <laughs> All right. Fucking Dylan. <laughs> He's like, I haven't even looked at a clock all day. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's the worst. They have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. And it's so like we have we have three different levels of of people here, okay? So Graham, you're a tuner. Um, I work in the industry. Graham works in the industry. We do different things within the industry. Um, and then you have Warranty, who I I honestly believe is is really close to your typical enthusiast, especially when he was really doing a whole lot with uh Town Subarus and like a lot of his free time was taken up by community stuff. How do you explain that to people? The community side or the, the car enthusiast side? I'm just saying you're at a party and somebody asks what you're about. Because first, you what what's your day job? Okay, let's explain what your day Because sure. it is not, you don't work in the industry. Yeah, I work for an insurance company and I'm an actuarial analyst. So, so I do the, the numbers behind insurance policies. You do big math and huge yes. spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like... First off, I don't want to be that guy, but unless you run into another actuary or somebody who's like really into math, I have a hard time believing that people like go, oh, wow, that's wildly interesting. Tell me all about doing big math. Oh, yeah. More than half the people I talk to have no idea what it is. And then as soon as I say insurance, they go, oh, I hate insurance. And yeah. then that's just that's it. And so sometimes I just say I just do big spreadsheets. I just do a lot of math. I love spreadsheets. You know, so I'm going to guess. Joke. Most of them then immediately skip. They're like, okay, well, we don't want to talk about this. Well, what do you do on your free time? And then at some point, yeah. So what does that look like to people who like just from an enthusiast standpoint? Oh man. So it's, it's, they ask a lot of dumb questions, but it's just, okay, you're a car guy. So what do you do? Do you just like drive around? No, I go, no. I mean, it's everybody can do that. I, you know, I go to the racetrack and they go, oh, what do you race? And then it's just this rabbit hole of, well, it's not me racing. Typically I go out and help friends. And then, so I'm like having to explain Dewey's time attack problem from one step farther away. And then they don't get it because why aren't you racing? Why aren't you the driver? And and so it's even harder. Oh yeah. That sounds like hell. And then like when you were doing, you were organizing a lot of the meets and the events and things like that. How do you explain that? Yeah. So I said, you know, I work, I work really hard and I, in my free time, I just, you know, kind of had a part-time job of doing community stuff with car clubs. I would never say, oh, Shaitan Subarus. I started just saying, 
car club. I ran a car club for a while. It was me and a few friends. It used to be 1,500 people. By the time we left, it was 7,000 people. And we had a budget of like 30 grand a year. And people latch onto the numbers. They go, oh, 7,000 people. That's a lot of people. Or they go, oh, $30,000. That's, that's a lot of money. So that part helped. And I would say, yeah, you know, we, it was kind of boring to just kind of stand around in a parking lot all the time. So we would rent a racetrack and they go, oh, that's cool. I don't know how to rent a racetrack, but you did it. So you're cool. And we kind of steer the conversation from there. So what I ends up happening with me is I, I'm, I'll get bad with trying to steer a conversation with somebody who just totally doesn't understand me. Um, I'm, I'm terrible at it. I'll be the first one to, to admit that if like, we're so far apart, I can't find anything to really talk about. I, I will just kind of turn off. And like Graham said earlier, that's, that's when you mess with your smartphone. <laughs> like, mm. um, I, I, that's probably not healthy, but it's definitely what I end up doing. Um, you seem to be able to, you've always been good at that, that you've been able to, no matter who you're talking to, you know, make a decent conversation out of something. Yeah. I don't think everybody something, has that. Yeah. I always tried. It was something I practiced for a long time because, you know, I've been an actuary, actuarial analyst, I'm sorry, the technical mm -hmm. minded out there for about 10 years. And so I was always away from regular people. And so I always had to find a way to bridge the gap. So. Graham, being a tuner, and then you start explaining, you know, there's computers and cars, and there's all sorts of, uh, you know, that's what you do is recalibrate that. Have you ever had the, because I, I used to get this all the time, the boomer who would tell you, well, back in my day, we used to tune with a screwdriver. Oh, yeah, all the time. Especially <laughs> if, I, if, I'm, if I'm talking to somebody who's, you know, older and been into cars for a long time, because sometimes you know, people I'm talking to, it is like, oh, well, I, I used to have a, you know, a, an old Camaro or a Corvette or a Oldsmobile yeah. and, and, it, and I'm like, back when it was carved and they're like, yeah. And then we, then, then that always, they always joke about how, you know, you, you do the timing with the distributor, you twist that and you tune yep. the fuel with a screwdriver and that's it. And then, you know, that's so it. then they're always they're Then usually at that point, I'm like, well, yeah, that, you know, we're just doing the same thing now. It's all just digital. I'm just using a plus key and a minus key instead of a screwdriver and a twist of the distributor, you know, but I'm like, the principles are all the same, except we have obviously so much more control than a carburetor and a distributor. But yeah, yes, a lot of people, older generations, they're like, yeah, I know what tuning is, but now it's all way over my head with the computer doing everything. It is. It's a multidimensional just monster. It's it's way more complicated than it ever was. Back in the day, people could yep. kind of tune their own cars. You don't really see that nearly as much anymore. Well, it was it was really accessible back in the day too. Plus, people used to work on their cars on their own a lot more right. back in the day. Right. Um I mean, but with that stated, it was it was just blatantly simpler back in the day. Uh yep. the yes. Uh, all a carburetor is, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, is a, is an organized fuel leak. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, yep. it's just how much do you want it to leak at a particular point? You're literally just huffing fuel into the engine. Yes. That's it. You're huffing it in. It's, it's, you know, that's it. So much got done with just organized fuel leaks. I can't believe people still like carbureted cars, but that's just me. 
I think the biggest reason you have, you still have old timers who are clung on to the carburetors um, with a vehicle that's modified quite a bit versus like this vehicle is, is stock the way it was back in the day. Like it's, it's an actual like historic piece that's different, but like these old guys who are still throwing like Holly, you know, triple carb, whatever, you know what I'm talking these, these giant mm-hmm. Yeah. carbs on there they're still sticking to that it's just because they don't want to be relying on somebody else and and they're you know that's like a dark art to them so like yes. these are yeah. the same guys who are scared shitless of using google well they don't want to add you know efi into their old cars because they might be beyond their their technical level to do all the wiring and do all the soldering and everything versus a carb. They've been doing Man, the carb for 40 years. It's gotten, it's gotten very plug and play. Very mm. plug. Like there okay. ain't even soldering involved anymore. I'm talking plug and play. It is oh, unreal. Wow. Yeah. With base maps for any combination of whatever you want. And, and you just, it, it's, it's real simple, but yeah, you know, it, with that stated, it still seems scary. And in the same way that, well, like, I got to be real, a bunch of us are looking at, it, we're we're looking at, like, direct injection. Like, I'm a perfect example of that. I look at direct injection and just go, oh, my God, like, how am I going to deal with this? You know, from a tuning mm-hmm. standpoint, Graham's like, dude, this is sick, you know? But for me, I'm just like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, maybe they just, maybe they don't want to leave their level of, expertise or comfort so you know could you go put direct injection on on a new car probably but it's a ton of work versus you know you just stick with what you're used to and it'll run tomorrow yep so yeah i mean i think there's something to that but what i really dig is when you 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 will have this conversation at a christmas party right and you'll bring up like you're into you're into cars you're into racing something and and you you'll find somebody else who is like a a closet fanatic and you become instant best friends or you find yes. like you're at somebody's house and you're like yeah I'm, I'm you know this is what i do and they're like oh we should go check out what i got in the garage and they got like an old vet in there or something you could sit there and chat about the vet you know yeah. I, I i have a good time with that as long as it's not you know a 98 c5 automatic in red and he's gonna tell you there's you know, this is a real rare car. They only made 5,000 of them. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yes. <laughs> yes, please tell me all about this. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you know, I've noticed car, at, at parties, if the person is a car person, they tend to just have a little bit of knowledge and it tends to be outdated. There are a lot of people that think about Subarus from the forums era of, in terms of information. And oh, the forums sure. were a long time ago. That's not relevant information most of the time. It, nowadays, a lot has changed. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting when you hear somebody, now I'll, I'll see that a lot more, that we're kind of in it during the tuner car heyday of, you know, here in the States in the, the 2000s, you know, before 2010. And they'll tell you all about whatever they were messing around with at that time. And that can be fun. I can have a really, really good time with that. Um, I really get down with that. And then chatting about how things were back in the day, as long as they're willing to talk about how things have changed, you do run into a lot of times where people just 
they don't want to hear about change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, they, that's the uh, you you invited me on here to to tell a story about how it was so socially awkward. Yeah, or talking to kind of car people at, a, at a social event. Okay, so this was gosh, at least five years ago, and I was at a wedding, and I was talking to a husband and wife, and they were both they are both lawyers. I've met them before. Wonderful people. And they asked me, you know, you know, what are you into? I said, oh, I'm a car guy. And the very next question was, okay, how fast have you gone? And I said, well, uh, what do you mean? He said, well, yeah, just like top speed. And I was, I, I mean, I answered it, but I was so floored, like, that's not fun, really, or relevant, or where am I going to do that? So I said, oh, you know, 140. I was out on the highway. I wasn't really proud about it. But I'm thinking, of all the things I've done with cars, that's the most forgettable. It's like the least interesting thing to talk about, but that's all they really have because to them, a nice car is, you know, some German car, V8, maybe a turbo, and you just, you could go 200 and you just have this high score and that's it. I don't really have anything beyond that in, in terms of car enthusiasm. So that was, it was a bit awkward. So, it, it, like, I was there with you when you, you made your, <laughs> you're you're pulled on the highway. That story is is still entertaining to this day. We're gonna save that one because it was. I I want to tell that story at a different time because that one was funny. Sure. Um, but yeah, the cop was. Yeah. Oh, that was a separate time. That was the. <laughs> oh the, really? Yeah. Oh no, no was, that was so good. <laughs> that that was a separate time. Yeah, this was the ever. first time. Yeah, going out to Gingerman with the with the Pontiac. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I remember that too. That was so stupid. That's the one. Yep. I'm pretty Dust. sure I did my engine in on the way there doing that too. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. Um oh, yeah, don't don't do what we did, but of course, you know, people Dylan, I invited you to speak. Dylan, get in here. Dylan actually has one of these from the other day. Oh let's hear it. Mr. Dylan, how are you? What's you up, Dylan? You? Yeah, oh, I can hear you. Can. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn your volume up a little bit. All right, Stay, turn me yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, so Dylan, the other day, Dylan's uh, dating this uh, fantastic lady. She's she's super cool, and uh, he he was that the first time you met her parents? Yeah, so we actually did uh, dinner with her parents together for the first time uh, like a week ago. Yeah, um, and obviously, like you know, uh, we walked in. I met her parents. Her dad goes said you know hey what do you uh oh, hold you on hold work? on hold on we need to back this up what do what do their parents do for a living they're so i believe he's a professor uh um out of college yeah and her mom also works in the education field but more in the background of grants and money and stuff like that so they they both work at um at a college and uh okay. they're 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 pretty they're pretty humble but they seem to be doing very well for themselves yeah. um and so i was a little intimidated because you know i consider myself somewhat of a blue collar worker um and so like i said when i when i meet them, when i met them uh you know took their hands came into their house and one of the first things that their father had asked me was uh what do you do for a living i said well and i looked at her and i said i just work on cars that's Let's it simplify short, but... this as much okay. as humanly possible. 
And so she looked at me, and she was like, well, yes, but no. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I work on cars. And she was like, yeah, but you do more than just work on cars. And I was like, oh, so you do, like, oil changes and stuff? I was like, yeah, I mean, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm laughing because this is so, like, humble. This is the most Dylan thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Straight face and all. Yeah, I work on cars. I mean, sometimes they do oil changes. Sometimes, you know, and other stuff. And then finally, <laughs> she stopped me. And he, she goes, yeah, the car he's been working on just won a championship. And I was like, ah, you gave it away. <laughs> there we go. Now yep. we're talking. So did their, did their attitude change at all when you said you won a championship? I think they were... I wouldn't say so. I, I don't think they really understood... Uh, yeah. what it was. We later, you know, throughout dinner, we had a conversation and and uh, I kind of got to explain what I, I really do. But, you know, it, I don't, they didn't judge me either way. They're, they're pretty awesome people. Her dad, I mean, immediately after that conversation was like, well, do you want a beer? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, there was nice. no, it wasn't like they were like, oh, this guy's like doing oil changes, like way to go. Uh, yeah. Um, but there was definitely, you could tell once I started explaining things, they were like, oh, okay, this guy is actually uh, somewhat intelligent. You know, I'm not intelligent with a lot of things, but, you know. You're selling it really short because oh. there, are, there are lube techs, and then there are mechanics, and then there are people who build race cars who can just look at something and go, oh, yeah, I know how this needs to get fixed. And it's all one of one custom. And then totally agree that car that. goes out and wins a championship. So yeah, this is yeah. mega modest. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of, I don't know. I thought it would be funny. And I had, Dewey was staying with me um, that week. Uh, he was in, in town for IEG. And uh, so I told him that I was planning on telling them I just work on cars. I just, I just work on cars. <laughs> yeah. I, I just work on them. Technically correct, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, in theory, we, I, I guess like three of us here just work on cars and then warranty, warranty rights, um, insurance policies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I write thank you posts for Facebook, man. Yep, th- That's all you do. Good job. <laughs> yep. It's, it's. You know, I'm gonna put that on my Tinder bio. It's simple work, but <laughs> <laughs> it ain't much, but it's honest work. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah. interesting little statistic. I don't know if you guys knew this that yesterday was the shortest day of the year. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the things that brought this up is uh, Dylan. Dylan talks about how he's like, you know, he's, he's not the most intelligent guy, but I think, I think leading into that is, uh, Dylan and I have been trying to do more with less, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of, it's been kind of boogeyman's whole concept forever. And the person mm-hmm. who I got that concept from was Matt DeRoos. Matt DeRoos was born on the, what he calls the fastest day of the year which was yesterday. Um, Matt DeRoos is oh. a, uh, yeah. Guess who else shares that same birthday? Jackie Ding. Oh my gosh. On the fastest day of the year. 
It's kind of like cheating. It's kind of cheating. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you can't even write that shit. Man, that's a nemesis if I've ever heard one. He's got the the winning day, the fastest day, and that's on yeah, his resume. He was born on the fastest day of the year. I would I would put that in, in any sponsorship thing ever. I would be like, I was born on the fastest day of the year. Yep. Totally. I, I don't know when Tomo was born, but it it I it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought that was that was incredible. That was that was a stupid little thing. So, so uh, Dylan, I want to hear more about the story. So you had a beer with the guy and then you had a conversation about what you actually do for work. And then how did they go from there? Like did they come around to realizing how A, how cool it is, and B, you know, how high level it is? I think her dad's actually super excited to like, I will obviously I'm going over for uh, Christmas. So this will be the second time I meet them. Um, Excellent. Yeah. I'm going over for Christmas. And uh, I think her father's very excited to like pick my brain about stuff. Cause he seems like the intellectual type to kind of want to like explore different areas. Uh, and I mean, you know, he's an older gentleman and, and, I mean, everyone likes cars at some point in time. I, I feel like every every man likes cars. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, again, there wasn't really, like, a whole lot of, like, oh, this is all he does or anything. Um, I think once I started to get to explain that, I worked on everything from, you know, Dewey's race car to some of the classic cars here in the shop to some of the other projects that we have going on. Uh, I think he was super intrigued by it and... I wanted to go down the hole that night and be like, yeah, I also do this and that. And, and I, you know, I, I wanted to keep the conversation, you know, not about me and kind of, you know, introduce and feel each other out. But I could tell that he's wanting to, you know, kind of chat some more about it. He's interested uh, to pick my brain on it. And uh, of course, you know, I was like, well, you know, a few weeks ago I was out in California doing this and, you know, their eyes kind of blew up like, holy shit, this guy, it doesn't, just yeah. Like job. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, Dewey has this saying that he tells me all the time, which is, you know, you fly too close to the sun, you don't realize how hot it is. Yeah, yep. oh, yeah, yeah, Icarus. Yeah, I am uh, posting a meme in the chat. <laughs> I I kind of want to explain this meme, but <laughs> this was that's just an actual oh picture of. Dylan's conversation. Oh my gosh, y'all. <laughs> Something else. I'm not uh, repeating that for the audio audience. That is too good. I'm going to send that to her. You should. <laughs> oh, I'm going to. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Did you just make that? Yeah, literally like two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> oh my god. That's gold. <laughs> D. Alex Butler. I work for GM. Oh, what plant? I don't work in the plant. Yep. Yeah. What? I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure what D does. What do you do, D? He's retired by now, I believe. No, D's been D's been at it. What did you do? And how do you explain what you do on your free time? Because that would even be harder. I, you know, put a lot of effort into a Facebook group. Like, I mean, what do you say? <laughs> man, speaking of microphones, I need to buy that microphone. 
put it in my yeah, backpack and go out to Detroit and just like interview D. Alex Butler, yeah, Joey Navari, and just like go around. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, who are you? Around. What do you do? Well, let's get some OGs. That'd be sick if you you actually brought two microphones with you and then we brought you onto here with two good microphones and you just do remote. Yeah, yeah that'd be oh, sick. That would be perfect. I bet I could. He worked with warranty, customer service, and dealer and plant contracts. Man, you are all over the place. Look at you. <laughs> Why'd you not put this in hashtag memes yet? I don't know. Put it in hashtag memes. I, I literally made it like 10 seconds ago, my dude. I made it 10 We're seconds ago. Yeah. Service operations quality, voice of the customer. We'll do it live. I approve of all of those messages. We'll do it fucking live. So... Yeah, it was a. Uh, oh. Any so, other fun, awkward things that that I I love these stories. I I go and talk to my. I'm not like anything like I was in high school. I drastically changed. Okay, I I was really big into running and track and field and stuff like that, but cars never were a thing for me. That didn't happen until I got in the Marine Corps and like it just my life totally changed. So. When I go back for like a reunion or see some friends when I'm back in town for Christmas or something like that, like they don't even know what to do with me. They have absolutely no idea. Like I, I look like a space alien to them. And a lot of them follow me on Facebook and they're just like, holy shit. Especially since we, you know, pulled off the ship this year. Dude, I, I, I get the strangest people writing in my, my Facebook comments that I like, I haven't, these people wouldn't have even talked to me in high school. Wouldn't have even talked to me in high school. But uh -huh. like, these are people you used to know. Yeah, like, and that's a good way of putting it. Is I used to know them because I really don't know them anymore. I know of them, but I don't really know them anymore. Mm -hmm. I knew them in high school. It's it was it's just really wild. And people who wouldn't have even, like I said, even taken the time of day to say hi to me in high school. Hell, some of them were like almost mortal enemies of mine. You know, because I've always been really. What's really funny is I can relate to that a lot, especially the Marine Corps thing versus cars. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Adam. Um, it wasn't, you know, I, I always always had an interest in cars, but it wasn't like um, like, like now. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what it was. You know, there were so many guys I met in the Corps that kind of draw me, you know, that drew me into the the automotive side of things and i if you would have asked me 10 years ago if i'd be turning wrenches on cars i would have probably laughed at you so like i it mm. really so 2000 is when i went in the marine corps okay and it was so it would have been late that year is when i went to my first yeah that that was so it would have been late 2000 November time frame is the first time I went to Escondido and then we went out to the street races out in LA and I was, I, wow. they, they brought me with as a DD because I didn't drink. And it Who was doesn't? these two, it was these two dudes, it was these two dudes who were just like, we need a DD. You seem kind of cool. Are you down to drive us around? Like we just want to go to all these parties and stuff and we need a DD and you can just, you can come with. You know, we'll buy your food and whatever. You just hang. So I did. And that's what nice. I did. And and that's in one of their favorite places to go where the street race is out there. And that straight up ruined me. And then the movie happened. And, and yeah, oh my God. It was like all these things happened at once. It was like Gran Turismo, 
go to the street races, the movie, like Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I'm I I finally have not real money, especially at that point. It was a joke what I was making, but I could I could get a car with credit at that point because you know it you could it, so I could go get something that I could work on, you know, it was just it was so much happened in such a short period of time. And then I also had this gaping hole in my life from track and cross country, not really being a thing anymore. And like, I, I, I wanted, I needed something to fulfill that man. It was, that was wild. It was a really crazy time in my life. Um, now if you would have told me then that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would have laughed at you. But even like two years later, I'd have been like, that makes sense. But I will say that, like, 18-year-old me would barely recognize me now, but I think he'd be pretty proud. And that's, that's I, yeah. I try to live like that. And I, I think a lot of people that I talk to at, like, a Christmas party or whatever, um, some of them don't want to talk to me or some of these people, you know, because they're, like, 18-year-old. I don't think 18-year-old them would be too proud of where they're at. Hmm. You know, to be fair, I, I, maybe I, other sure there's people like that out there, but there is a lot of car people that are just not so deep compared to you or Dylan or oh, Graham or myself. Sure. That that you're just like they they dig cars. They're kind of loose on it, and that's fine. And there's absolutely nothing. And and not only that, I think my problem is like I. I and I went all in with this. You know what I mean? Cars are my life. And not only from that, that's where, you know, the majority of my friends came. Everybody that's on here that I'm talking to right now happened due to cars. You know what I mean? My wife came from cars. Therefore, my kids came from cars. Mm. I, I live in Tennessee, in, honestly, due to cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. My job came from cars. My career is cars. Everything is based around not just cars, but Subarus in general in the, the hobby, the niche area of this hobby that so I am very all in and a lot of people aren't and one of the right. things that I think I have a problem on my end with is I I don't know I, I have a hard time relating to somebody who didn't go all in on whatever they're passionate about and that and I also have a hard time outside of like an artist or like a musician or you know something that like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You're probably not going to make a ton of money. Um, somebody going all in on a passion like that, you know, whatever that passion may be. I, I can, I, I feel like I can talk to those types of people who went all in on something, whether they made it or not. And I, I don't even believe I made it. I just, this is what I do. Um, versus somebody who like, I don't know, like they, they go to a bar on Friday night and, you know, they're on a bowling league and like, I, well, I don't, it, it's just really, I, I, I have a hard time. It's not that what they're, it's, I don't understand the Camry life. I don't oh, know how to do okay. it. I don't know go. how to, it, like, and it's, it's my, it's, I believe that's, that's, that's my fault. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think there's something wrong with me for sure. Like I am a I mean, broken person. Definitely... I don't understand the Camry life. <laughs> I don't know how to talk to the Camry life. You know All what right, I mean? Dewey, Dewey, Dewey. Let me let me jump in for a second. Go for it. So okay, so this that this is usually the next thing after somebody is asked, okay, what do you do? Okay, I do tuning, I explain what it is, and they're like, 
would you would you tune a regular car on the street? I'm like, no, you turn a performance car for more performance. And then the next question they ask is, well, why would somebody want that? Yes. And um, and then and, okay, so that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's and that is the moment. That's what you're getting at here, where it's like either it's it's almost like a line in the sand, right? You either. Yeah. Cars are either A to B for you, and you just use them to get around, and you're looking for something practical with fuel economy. You, you maybe don't, don't even care how it, it looks. Cool you might think you. a Pontiac Aztec it, looks awesome. It, it Literally, you look at a car but, like a hammer. Right. Yeah. And or, yeah. or you, or you, or car, cars, cars are in your, cars are in your DNA as a, as you know, as a, as a child, you were drawn to them. And I'm sure we all were obsessed with remote control cars and Hot Wheels and all that, you know, and it just, mm-hmm it segues into this unhealthy obsession with them no matter how old you are. So yeah. and when people ask that question, they're like, well, why would you, why would you want your car to perform more? It's, it already is a sports car. And I say, look, it, you know, for somebody who's in the cars, it's, it's a thrill to drive it. You like the way it sounds. You like the way it feels. You like the way it accelerates onto the entrance ramp. And sometimes you want more acceleration. You want to be pushed back in your seat more because you really enjoy the thrill of that. And I say, for some people that don't go take their cars to the tracks, I usually mention that too. I'm like, some people are modifying and tuning for more performance on the track. I say, you want that, you want your car to be more exhilarating when you take it out and drive it on an open road. And, and a lot of people that don't, aren't, aren't into cars, they can at least understand that. Yeah. yeah that's, that's usually this, how I this, explain that. This reminds me of, um, I took my old neighbor out to dinner a couple weeks back. He drives an old Dodge Dakota pickup truck. He's a car guy and he wants to, you know, modify his Dakota somehow, but of course it's not a good idea. But still, I picked him up, we went on the highway and to go to get ramen. I take the on-ramp at like three tenths and he goes, holy cow, your car's got great handling. And I think to myself, well, yeah, it's a, it's a BRZ. It's not a, it's not a Dakota. And I say to him, you ain't seen nothing yet. So I let it rip and I was going maybe five tenths, six tenths. And the guy just like, just got the shit eating grin on his face. And it's like happy as a kid. Again, it was the coolest thing. And you forget regular people have no concept of even how a sports car handles, let alone a modified sports car. So it's really hard to talk to people about why you want to make it better than it already is. When they, their concept of these things is a Camry, you know, or maybe they once rode in a Camaro. (laughs) Right. And Camrys are great for what they are, but they're just an appliance, yeah. man. They're just, I mean, they're fast. You get 300 horsepower Camry nowadays. I tell you what, you, uh, a Camry will fuck you up. If you, you you get one of those V6 Camrys, you better, you better oh, yeah. have your shit together. I'm just saying, uh-huh. but the That's... Camry life is literally like, I, I, I want, I bought vanilla car to do vanilla mm-hmm. things. You know, that's, so going, that's what go- I mean by the Camry life. Going right. back to your comments on passion, they're, not everybody can or wants to invest all their time into their passion or, or follows their hobby into their profession. That's just not how it works. There's a lot of people who collect a paycheck and are fine with being an accountant or whatever, but it's, you know, they don't go do it on their free time. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm trying mm. to get at is the only other things I've ever – this is where I have issues. Like, I don't know what you do if you're not a car guy, unless you're a musician or something. Like I can kind of wrap my brain around it. I don't know I mean, what collecting. What what does the average person do? Guns. Well, there you go. That's a good example. Somebody might be super into guns, you know. But how do you 
I don't, I guess golf is a thing, but like, are you really super, like, that's what I'm talking all in. All you want to do is golf. Like every, the only reason you have a job is golf. And what I tend to run into is this is why sports exist because it gives people in this situation, something to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Graham. My brother is super into golf. My brother golfs four or five times a week, belongs to the country club. What a and, boss. And, and he, but he, and he drives a 2005 uh, Nissan Altima that's falling apart, rusty, and has 120,000 miles on it. And he is yeah. super happy with that car because he paid nothing for it and he owes nothing on it. That's quiet money right there. So my brother, yeah. my brother is the polar opposite of me in many, many, many ways. But golf, but the, see, the thing is, I don't understand how he goes to the same nine-hole golf course every day and enjoys spending four hours playing it twice. To me, it just makes me, I, 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 and don't get me wrong, Hold I on. actually enjoy it. I'm going to back this up. Yep. We'll, go, we'll spend how much money to go to a track oh, yeah. to drive around oh, yeah. on a oh, yeah. strip of pavement? Hang on, hang on, hang on. So I'm, getting there. Damn no, I'm getting there. 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 So I don't understand at all wanting to spend four hours of my life golfing every once in a while, like three times a year I golf and it's fun. I enjoy it. I drink a lot of beer. I, I, I I drive the golf cart as fast as I can because that's, you know, relates back to cars. But then outside of that, I don't get it. But my brother doesn't get cars. He's like, you drove, you trailered that Toyota Corolla to California just to race it on a track there. Why on earth would you do that? And that I seem like an absolute nut to my family. But my brother, who golfs five times a week, seems very normal. Doesn't that that annoys that, the shit out of me too? Is like that's his hobby. Like somebody, parts of the family, because they somehow under they can vibe with something. Another part of the, you know, your brother, you know, they can vibe with him playing golf all the time and spending boatloads of time and effort into that. Which again, I think that's great. I'm happy he's doing that. You know, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody else is really into guns or something. They they all of their extra free time and money goes into whatever they're doing and they can kind of like wrap their brain around it but they look at you like you're a space alien because you went to laguna Mm -hmm. seca yeah that's like the best racetrack in the country man i'm surprised that he couldn't translate it to golf terms i tried well that's what i think that's what i said to him i'm like you could guthrie this would be like you going over to the world's greatest golf course and playing golf there like you know if if i liked if i liked golf that much i think i would want to go do golf in other places and he's like, oh, yeah. eh, I don't know. You know, I'm okay with just golfing the same course because it's it's. He's he's also very financially different than me. Let's just say that he he really he, he really likes to be as frugal as possible. Yeah, and that comes that comes from my dad and everything. So that's fine. But you know, and sure, we could just go race the local courses. But I think part of it is part of it's just you know different strokes for different folks. Some of us do like to go around and drive different tracks if we're into cars. I like to drive different tracks, but I tell you what, that if I could be at Gingerman 30 times in a year, I'd do it. And And that's that's, that's what I said too, is if, you know, and I, and I also do the same thing. So I also explained to him that like, there's, there's racing situations like, um, Autobahn country club where there's a country club there and people come and they hang out and like the racing is something that they do, but also they're kind of, they're part of the club, just like the golf clubs. Well, the the racetrack is a golf course to them. Like that's that's, exactly, exactly. They they come in, they, they pop in and and play it, play a quick round with their car. And then they go to the country, they go to the club and have a beer and talk to their buddies. 
And that's, that's yep. how golfing yeah. works for golfing for people that are into golf. It, golf isn't always necessarily just about the golf. A lot of times it's about the camaraderie and talking about your round and shooting the shit with your friends right. who also like golf. So what I'm so, hearing is that you guys have a passion that's also your profession. And I've heard many of the conversations when you two get stressed out, which is, man, I wish I had a hobby outside of cars because I, I, I can't turn it off, man. <laughs> this is why we yeah. go so hard into playing Call of Duty. That that is a that is a decent mental break from it all. Yes. So even if I'm mad at it, like I have to do something other than cars. I have mm -hmm. to, you know. And and but like it, it's my entire life. And I tell you what, there's been times in my life where I went, God, I wish this was just a hobby. Yeah, like, why, and how often do we say, why can't we be happy driving a Camry every day? Dude, I I'm telling you, I I want to make sure like it is very well understood. I envy. I envy the person who is who who is completely content with the Camry life. It, it, so, and that that goes uh, back to the point where being interested in cars isn't necessarily completely a choice. It's I, just I have I have something here. Yeah, yeah, pop in. Um, I actually so obviously I'm rebuilding my Subaru, and I've gone down. Obviously, I do what I love for work every day, and that's work on cars for some reason. And I, you know, I was that hobbyist that had dreamed about doing this. And then, so the other night, I got home after working, you know, late a few nights, getting my cylinder heads ready to go back on my new engine, etc. I'm like, man, I'm not even gonna. I don't even want to say it, but I caught myself almost saying, uh, I, you know, I kind of want to just get a car that I can get in and drive, and not yeah. have modified We've all vehicles. Done it. We've all done it, dude. Like you and I oh, were yeah. having that conversation the other day about a Honda Fit or whatever. Like, go get the mm -hmm. cheapest piece of shit you can get, so you'd get better gas mileage going back and forth, and you know it would start every day. And what's really crazy is when you're in this stupid ass hobby, you appreciate that so much more. <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, I don't think either of you, three of you, actually, would be satisfied with the Camry life. I don't know. Even well, you have a daily driver, and Graham does you too. But no, no, I think you're I think you're missing what I was trying to say there, where mm. it's not necessarily it's not a choice. We don't get to choose. It's no. like there's something there's like it okay, this is like a not to get too off tangent here, but this is a concept of what I like to call nature versus nurture, where I believe that every person is is some combination of nature, just and that means the way you were born and you can't control it. And nurture, right. which is the things that have influenced you throughout your life, starting from a baby until whatever current age you are. That's that's kind of your that's your personality, that's your passions, that's your interests. And people who are this into cars, there is something in their nature that they're born with that draws them to machinery and how it works and how it feels to drive it. And that's what I mean when I say, if I say I wish I could be happy with a Camry, what I don't what I mean is I don't want to talk myself into a Camry. I never could. I mean that like jokingly, obviously that I wish sometimes that my brain was just didn't work this way and didn't see cars as something that has to be interesting to me. Mm, I wish you could turn it off. It's genuinely how I feel. Yes. There's times, especially after, you know, you, I, I went in a championship is great, but the years before this, it was hell. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there are I genuinely there. times I wish I could just go, I don't want to do this because I, I desperately wanted to do it, but I wish I could have just went, you know, I don't feel like doing this anymore. You know, and I, I, yeah. I, it, I would, this is why I say I genuinely 
envy the Camry Life people at times because it's yeah. it, it like I don't get me wrong, cars have brought me like everything that's really good in my life. They really have, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, it's brought wow. almost the same amount of pain. <laughs> you know? Do you remember? Do you remember when I got frustrated with racing? Remember what I did? Um, I bought the, I bought the Yamaha and turboed in. Oh yeah, <laughs> it just you know what I mean. That's the thing. Like I couldn't find any other hobbies. I'm like, hey, let's do something different. Still got an engine and tires and wheels and turbo and Motec and all that I stupid did stuff. The same thing though. I went yeah, and got into RCs. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's what I mean. Is that this whole this whole passion for for cars or for things for motor vehicles of any kind? It's just it's just in you, right? Some form of it is what you're going to want to do somehow, you know, and you might, you might, you know, a car enthusiast might drive a practical car because it makes sense financially, but I guarantee they got something while in the garage they're building, you know, what I'm hearing from you away. is, is there is there, it's not that you have so much more knowledge or that you like cars and other people at these holiday parties don't like cars. It's that gap in passion that really creates the distance between you and non-car people. Yeah, For me. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Indeed. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you I guys don't, don't really if, turn it off. Yeah, because even if I buy a Honda Fit, which I'm seriously considering, I'm probably <laughs> going to modify it like right away. And not only that, you're going to drive it like an asshole too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and there's should. certain there's things you need out of a car, even if it's a Honda Fit. For you to be even remotely happy with it, like because you, you that car has to be entertaining to you in some way, whatever it may be. Like I, I personally love just throwing shit boxes around, but at a certain point, you're gonna go, man. I could fix this if I just did this, and then down the freaking rabbit hole you go, and and it 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 takes one step, one step off off the cliff, and you're you're falling. Um, it, it, that's one thing I think I've I've tried really hard with the with the cross track. I never touched the cross track because there's not really a ton of aftermarket for the cross track. One of the things when we bought the cross track in my mind was I want to make sure we purchase something that we're not going to modify. Because understand mm. the cross track really was the replacement for the STI. Yeah, which is currently down. Yeah, well, that's because I'm an asshole. Because like, you uh, had a lot of racing to do, a lot of winning to do. We did, we yeah. did some stuff with that. <laughs> we nice. But yeah, uh, when you're at these Christmas parties, I'm I'm surprised for both you and Graham that you can, that the passion doesn't just take over the conversation and you bring those non-car people with you, and you eventually just say, oh, I don't really have anything to talk about. And then you kind of shut down and go look at your phone. Dude, they just passion for me. Passion, you know, you can take so many people with you with passion and you do that in your day job. So I'm surprised it doesn't happen at Christmas parties. Because the people who are calling me have already purchased an STI. They've already said, I'm not about the Camry life. Mm. So then they hear somebody. So they've already made that step. Okay. Whether they're they're not anywhere near as deep into it as we are, but they've made that decision that the Camry life is not for them. Okay, and that's one of the things I tell a lot of my customers when they call. 
you know, they call up and they're like, yeah, this is my daily or whatever. But I, I flat out tell them, I'm like, if you would have wanted something boring, you would have bought a Camry. You bought this because you want an experience. So there's more to it. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's different. Now, when you're talking to somebody that didn't make that choice, you know, they aren't pre-qualified to have this conversation with you that you're already, you know, you're, you're, you've leapt off the deep end. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, okay, so hang on. they can't wrap their brain around that because the person you're talking to would probably never, never go buy an STI. They could not wrap their brain around why you would buy that over a base model Impreza. So let okay. me jump in for, let me jump in for a moment too. Sure. So to, to, to Andrew's point there about do, do some people ever kind of see your passion and even if they're not a car person or maybe just like a little bit of a car person where they like, they have a, they have a, a nice BMW because they wanted a nice car to drive, but they know nothing about performance. Sometimes certainly you had a lot of people like Dewey runs into where they just like, if, if, if it's not football and sports ball, they don't want to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, and, that's why I believe I believe sports really is that that thing that it's that middle ground that even if you everybody just can talk about it, it, everybody can yeah. talk about it, and that's mm -hmm. like I think that's why it has become so popular. Um, because it, and it sucks because I actually prefer to I I want to have a conversation about Formula One, you know, and I can't, but. It's, it's getting even, there, man. It's hard down here because I'm actually a big fan of the NBA, and nobody here watches basketball. And we have a, a crazy story going on right down the road in Memphis, and nobody knows about it. You know, wow. and it's 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 nuts because nobody really cares. If it ain't college football around here, nobody wants to talk about it. Now, didn't you What's say that? you brought the? <laughs> didn't you say that you brought the race car to your kids' show and tell? And yes. people just lost their minds because that's a tangible physical thing in front of them. Mm, yeah. So it's real hard when you're at a party, you know, you're just some dude and you know, yeah, you can pull up some pictures on Facebook, your car or whatever, and like kind of give them an idea. But when it's tangibly sitting in front of you, they, they, it, they gives them something to ask questions about. They're looking at it and they can ask questions. Now you'll run into mild, you know, we'll, we'll call them like loose car people. Loose car people may, you know, the conversation might carry on and get a little further in. But then you have like, you have somebody who just, the person who would never even consider buying an STI or even a WRX. That person, that conversation basically is done right there. So how do you carry a conversation past that? I don't know. And what yeah, The last I mean, thing you wanted to do is yeah. go political because that that, no. that doesn't work in any circle. Yeah, there's three different pillars. There's cars so people like the way cars look or they like the status symbol or whatever then there's like, modifying which the not noise. very many yeah modifying is the second pillar which not everybody understands but it's very popular you know from fast and the furious and then third is drivers occasionally you find people that just like driving and don't care as much about the car so typically i just meet the first People that think BMWs are the best, Porsches are the best, and what the hell is a Subaru? A lot of that is status symbol stuff too, though. And and mm -hmm. you you will have those that conversation with somebody who looks at a car, not as a point A to point B tool, but a status symbol, which is kind of like a third thing because we look at cars. Cars are like this; it, they almost have a life of their own. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Cars are this this special thing to us in our life. And then you have people that look at it as a utility, you know, just an appliance. And then you have these people that look at it like a status symbol. And the status symbol people, you can you can kind of have a conversation with because they kind of fall in between. Because they can understand why you would spend money on a nice car. They just don't understand why you wouldn't just buy the the particular car you're after. Just buy a faster car. Just buy right? a faster Versus... car. Just go get a Corvette. Why are you screwing around? Yeah. yeah. Why would you put thirty thousand? Why would you put thirty thousand into a thirty thousand dollars Subaru when you could just buy a sixty thousand dollars car that has more performance? Exactly. That's a conversation. I've struggled with this from the beginning because it's a version of a Camry life. You can just pay the money to buy a nicer car and then never worry about it, whether it's an M3 or a Porsche or you guys know, versus you have this emotional relationship with the car that you have right now and you want to change it to exactly what you want. And sometimes it costs a lot of money too much and sometimes it doesn't. So I was I was talking to Graham about this, oh gosh, what was it, two weeks ago, Graham, three weeks ago saying... You know, maybe I don't want a Porsche when I get older. Maybe this, you know, this VRZ is everything I ever wanted because Porsches are good, but they're not, you know, three times the price. I think we've all had that. We've we've all had that thought too. Of there's no way if you've gone this far into modifying these vehicles, especially like as far as I've gone, and I haven't took a step back and go, why didn't I just do this with a Corvette? Because it would have been easier. Like every part of what I've done would have been easier with a Corvette. But that's so, not what I wanted to do it with. I, I feel attacked here. Yeah. <laughs> he drives a C6 bet, and it's the correct answer. Well, listen, Josh, welcome oh to the show. I, I'll get to you here in a sec, but I guarantee you have some fun stories about this, too. There's no way you don't have at least a single story to tell us on this. So, yeah. In my defense, uh, sorry about I've what? always wanted a C6. You know, that was that was my staple car. Yeah. And that's different. You you bought that for different reasons. And I got to be real. If I ever stepped outside of Subaru land, it would probably be a C6 vet. Um, it just, especially a C6 Z06. That's like done. That's it's, to me, it, that car is perfect. It's so good. Yep. And I'd get that before just about anything else out there. I, and then I'd save my money for a Ford RS 200. Um, which is just a stupid purchase, and I would love it. Josh, how you doing, bud? Mr. Josh Halka, um, street class, uh, grid life street class champion. You did a – how many years in a row did you get that? Two, three? Four. Someone? Four. What a boss. No wonder they're trying to run everybody out. Dude, they're trying to run Subarus right out of that class. Um, wow. it, it, Josh, Josh, it, he's him in that class, okay? <laughs> Four-time winner. Well, Holy cow, I didn't realize they um the Abe said to me when i was saying that uh the new rules with these turbo restrictors they're trying to put in are just going to make eos even stronger and he was like when's the last time anything but a subaru won street class and i was like that's not a fair thing to say you shouldn't say that abe we can go into like why they hate subarus at a different point and i i'm more than happy to have that conversation because it's highly entertaining we will in fact we need to make uh i'm gonna put that i'm writing that down um well, I, I was I, like, well, number one, the first year was just a pure, like, points, like, stupidity thing. I shouldn't have really won that time. And then I was like, the next two years were fair. And then the third, Ben should have beat me in his Evo, but he didn't do four events. We're so going to like, have this whole conversation on a different podcast, I promise you. Yeah. I definitely want to have yeah. that talk. But for this one, Josh, you're a doctor, 
Okay. Uh-huh. You got your shit together. Josh, I guarantee that you have been to company meetings or something or family stuff. And you tell them that you race a Subaru WRX all over the country. And you, like, why don't you do it with something else or trying to explain time attack to people who don't understand it when you're at a party like this, there's no way you have not been the awkward guy out of this thing. Do you have any entertaining stories for that? Uh, I don't know how entertaining they are. I know most of the time they're like, Oh yeah, what do you drive? And I'm like, a super WRX, and I'm pretty sure no one knows what that is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, what kind of um, BMW is that? <laughs> well, so then yeah. so then if I say like, uh well, when I race endurance with uh with the guys I drive with, we drive like a Porsche Boxster, and they probably don't even know what that is, but they're like, Oh yeah, Porsche, yeah. Yeah. So they know the nameplate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, trying to explain time attack. I don't even try. I mean, it's like trying to explain autocrux, you know, it's like it, you yeah, don't really want to say what it actually is and be like, oh, yeah, we set up some cones in a parking lot and try to go around the fastest. They'd be like, uh, <laughs> Graham, Graham had you... the greatest quote of all time about autocross. Uh, Graham, you going to bring it go. up? Uh, oh, autocross, autocross is the hand job of motorsports. <laughs> it's, be- it's, it's better than nothing, but it's definitely just kind of leaves you wanting more. Y'all are messed up. Yep. <laughs> that, 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 that's not actually I can't even, I can't take credit for it. I didn't, I didn't come up with it. I saw somebody say it somewhere on some old internet forum circa 2014 or something. Uh, And it just, it just, it just stuck with me. It stuck with me because it felt like such an accurate, funny analogy. And so I, I dropped it to Dewey one time and he lost his mind and never forgets about it. So anytime someone says autocross, Dewey thinks of my of the quote that I quoted. Somebody it else is from. absolutely my favorite quote you've ever said. <laughs> I love that quote, but I just, it's so wrong. You know, it, autocross is it's great. So it's right. the best. And jobs it's are bad. So right. It's, it's politically incorrect, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> so how do you guys explain to people time attack? Cause that's, that's one that I've been struggling with is like, it's how do you explain brutal. someone? It's hard. It's hard. I usually say that we basically race the same tracks as like Formula One does, at least, uh, well, you know, that type of track. And then and then I say and we all go on the track at the same time and try to set the fastest time. And so cause that's one of the questions yep. usually they're, they're like, so are you on the track by yourself? Then? And I think it to random lay people gives a little bit more legitimacy if there are multiple people on the track at once. Yes. That's actually, I like the way you say that because what I I end up trying to say that like our goal is to set the fastest single lap time over a weekend. And, you know, I try to talk up how crazy the cars are, but I think your explanation is simpler. And I think to somebody who doesn't know anything about it, it would probably like seem more impressive. We all go out on the track at the same time and try to set the fastest lap time. That's honestly, that is a great way of explaining it. Yep. Yeah, because well, like people that, that don't know, they mix it up with circle track stuff sometimes. I'm like, no, these are like like Formula yeah. One like road courses. You know, they've got yeah. a lot of turns and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I always explain that you're. I explain that you're out there racing together, but you're not racing each other in time attack. You're spreading out, and everyone is just trying to race against the clock and set their fastest time. And people usually understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Simple and direct. Yeah. It's the best explanation yep. of the five of us, I'd say. Yep, and I, I explain that you know, as as the weekend goes on, you get organized by fastest time. So the guy in front of you has gone faster than you, 
the guy behind you has gone slower than you. And so that's kind of how that, how that's, how they're out there together. Because people usually ask me, well, how do you go out there and race with different cars at different, the different power? And I, and I explain that they, you know, it's a constant regretting by fastest order. They're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. So, so what I, was- here's another thing then. How do you, let's say you don't do time attack, you know, let's say you're, you're one of those HPD heroes, <laughs> you know, how, how would you explain that basically what you're doing is just practice all the time? Oh, that's hard. They don't understand it. Yeah, it would be impossible. And I mean, I don't want to be that guy warranty, but that's you. Oh, oh yeah. And, like you race your car. Yeah, I race my own car. And then they say, well, what do you, what do you win? I go, nothing. I'm just out there to practice. And I go, well, what do you mean? And they have no <laughs> concept of how fun it is to like not have a clock on you. Drive the yeah. car, go fast. Learning, learning high-speed car control and you're learning, you know, racing etiquette and you're you're developing all those skills so that eventually you could compete if you want to, but you may never, you might just enjoy the thrill of being out there and driving your car 10 cents because but, that's, what but that's too. like, saying, why, why do you, why do you go to the, that's like saying I go to a batting cage all the time. That's all I do. I only go to the no, batting no, cage. Not, I don't play no, baseball. No, no. I only go to the batting cage. <laughs> no, I, I would I say it's, it's like, no, no, no. You're playing baseball. You're just not keeping score. I think that's a fair way to put it. You know, mm-hmm. you're still going out there and like, you know, going to the batting cage all the time would be like only racing in the sim. If you bring your car out to HPD yeah. and you're enjoying it out there, you're still playing the game. You're just not keeping score. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not, it doesn't, you know, none of it matters. You're not, no one's paying attention to, you know, how, what you're, you know, I don't even know sports ball terms, but no one's paying attention <laughs> to your batting average. Okay. I know that one, right. They don't care that you're just out there and you're, you're just swinging and you're, you're having fun. Right. And I, and I tell people too, they're like, why, why would you want to go to the track and do that? And I say, well, if you're into driving your car and you like the thrill of accelerating, it's not safe to do it on public roads. So you take your car to the track and you can drive your car as hard as it can be driven and it's exhilarating and it's a safe place to do that. And that's HPDE. You know, you're, you're out there with you your can hard. that if like, why, what's the thrill of going to the track? And you're like, have you ever been through a, you know, a sweeper at over a hundred mile an hour, you, that's when you really understand it. And, but that, that can come across as, you know, a little on the pompous side. <laughs> yeah, that's mm. fair. So, yeah, I like Graham's explanation the best right now. It's, it's a, it's a bit like, well, I'm a cyclist, for example, I go out to club rides, but I don't compete. You're just all out there having a good time together. And that's it. You're out there sweating your balls off. Trying to be pretend Lars Ulrich all better over the than you were, place. Yeah, better <laughs> than you were yesterday. That's yep. right. So I, I think that people have an idea of what car racing comes from. from let's say go karting, but you and you guys all in here know that most go karting is just boring until you figure out how it works, and then it gets really fast really quick. So just turning corners and going fast is kind of boring. But that's a story for another day. We're getting technical. Yep. This was so, supposed to, to be a Christmas episode. <laughs> to go back onto the conversation I had with at dinner with her father the other night, I had mentioned we got to the point where I was like, "Yeah, I, I work on the cars." He was like, "Oh, so you like change the tires in the pit?" And I was like, "No, we don't really do that." And then so that's why I tried to explain time attack. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's why I asked because I was like, "Well, you know." We're out on the track all at the same time. You know, the drivers are out driving, but you know, 
were our race in the flock who can do the fastest lap. And it was everyone that I've had to explain to that doesn't really follow cars or racing has a, a hard time grasping that. Well, it's also, it isn't like that's ever been shown on, you know, ABC wide world of sports back in the day. You know, it, it, when, when I was growing up, you'd flip on Sunday, you could watch a race on network TV that doesn't exist anymore. And that was watching a race. And so when you say racing, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar, something like that comes to mind when you're trying to explain time attack, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's really tough. And then trying to explain why it's a big deal. You won a championship or fucking Mr. Four Rings. And then if, if somebody <laughs> knows a little bit about cars, you have to explain why you would do it with a Subaru. Yeah, that's even yes. why would why? Oh, yeah. so, it's really hard when you know how we just had this conversation about um, the the Camry person, then the person who buys a car as a status symbol, and then the person who's actually into cars. Um, the person who's into cars and the status symbol guy, those are going to be the hardest to explain why you did it with a Subaru. Like impossible. Like the person with that just doesn't get it at all. They just don't like, there isn't even trying to explain it to them, you know, but the, the status symbol guy really isn't going to understand it. And the, the, uh, the enthusiast, if they're not a Subaru enthusiast or they haven't had their ass like handed to them by a Subaru at some point or something, um, a lot of times, if they aren't about a Subaru, they're very against a Subaru. And they've been hurt by a Subaru before. Yeah, they've either been oh, touched yeah. inappropriately by a Subaru or, you know, they're, they're Murica through and through. And uh, they want to, you know, they're going to beat their chest on that. Or uh, they don't want to deal with any of that newfangled Jap stuff. So, good times. Yeah. In most hobbies, you just pay more money and you get more out of it. You don't really have to think about it. So, the cycling equivalent is you just buy a nicer bike or you just, you know, work out more and you go faster. But, you know, what Josh did to win in street class took a lot of driver and took a lot of building. And you can't really just buy that. So, you, you can't buy it. There's no just buying a win in street. I, I, no. There, there isn't a buy a win in street. Um, it was, and for the longest time, um, there wasn't even a path that I could see that a Subaru had a prayer there. And, uh, you know, thankfully that, that changed and Josh proved everybody wrong, but, um, now it's become a, like, it's a mainstay to see a Subaru winning that Josh. I, I I know I've, I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again, dude, you, you did God's work out there for Subarus. (laughs) It's it's kind of funny every once in a while, like I'll say something online on a, like a Facebook and then someone randomly will like argue with me. And then I'll have other people arguing back at that guy. Be like, do you even know who Hulk is? And I'm like, <laughs> I just you, laugh my ass off. If and, you have any idea who you're talking to, you need to put <laughs> some respect in your voice when you talk to the four time. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny. I mean, people people know about grid life enough, uh, even within the Subaru community, that that it means something to some people to some degree. And and it's it's I think it's worse even that people think that the cars are like so insanely unreliable. You know that people are you know, like you know winning winning stuff with them, so it means means something. Oh, they're big big angry if if they're anti Subaru, and and you say that you've won anything. They're like, there's no fucking way those cars don't do anything but break. 
Dude, they make a dumb head wild. gasket joke. So many head they, gasket they do, jokes. They, 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 do, they, do, they do break, but they can also win. Yeah. They they do break, but you can fix the breaking. Everything everything breaks when you're everything when you're pushing breaks. it like that. There is there is no perfect vehicle that go. I mean, look at um yeah. Jason with the McLaren. That McLaren was devastating, but you know he ran into things with it. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, happens. look at how many K series like stock K series cars at 200 horsepower broke this year in in GLTC. I don't want to yep. call out Eric Cattil, but he did two in one freaking one event. I've never felt so I've, I've lived that life. You know what I mean? And I felt so bad for him. Um, but it, it, there's, if we're doing stupid shit with cars, shit's going to break, but that's, that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother conversation too. Guys, we got to call it, man. We, that was an hour and a half. And I think we actually, this turned out more of a, uh, a analysis of the, the where a, a Subaru enthusiast or a car enthusiast brain is more than anything. But I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. This was fun, especially having it from a few different, uh, different angles. Yeah. Josh, I want to have you on sometime. We need to, uh, I, I would like to talk about, um, they hate us cause they ain't us. Um, and, and have a, uh, have I want to get a Subaru round table of different time attackers and things of that nature. And we can talk about why they hate Subarus and it'll be great. Um, because that's yep. literally like you are, you are the perfect example of we need to write rules to stop this guy. And it, it's great. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. I'll hop in for that one because I've had yeah. a lot of conversations with Abe and everybody else about this stuff. Oh, no, you have to be in on this too, because do you remember yeah. your first year? The amount yeah. of people that were mad. You're for, Graham is the reason Street Mod turned into the arms mm-hmm. race. Graham is the catalyst for that. And yeah, it's going to be great. You know, and, and and again, I think a lot of that comes from internet stigma. Um, so I maybe we can do that next week if you got some time, or we can do it right after the new year. Next week would be a lot of fun. I think a lot of people have time off, so we might be able to get a lot of people on. Um, does it have to be on, what, Thursdays? Or can it, it be, be any day? It would be... Same time, same bat time, same bat channel. Let me see. If it ain't gonna work for you, maybe we can make something happen. Okay, maybe we can we can come up with something. But let let me know because I you you what, have what? to be on that episode. You have what's to be on the, that what's episode. the normal time? Four central. Um, three central. Four four eastern. Yep, four oh. eastern. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Okay, yeah, let me know. We'll figure it out. All right, guys. Okay. Um. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. We will see you next week. Um, I hope you guys had a good time in this. Do me a favor. Share this damn thing, please. Like, share the podcast. It helps a lot. That that post that's on my Facebook. Share that. Share the Spotify. Um, and, and, and get this out to more people so we can do more cool things. Um, but your support means the world to... Not only myself, but everybody here, and we really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to do cool things. So um, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Later. Merry Christmas.